there was emotional and verbal abuse. I don't always feel it was intentional. Sometimes it was. The nature of Asperger's, which if you're not familiar with what Asperger's is, it is a high functioning form of autism. But that's what led me to, well, what am I going to do? I decided to shut my business down, pack it up in two weeks. I packed up my car with my clothes, my computer, and I moved to Redding, California. Has your life, your dreams been interrupted? Good news. It is possible to reinvent our lives. People are doing it every day, and some are brave enough to share the struggles, disappointments, and challenges. If you are looking for a new beginning, a do-over, or to rediscover your passion, maybe even find a new one, then grab a cup of coffee and let's talk. Interrupted, Act 2, Reinventing Your Legacy, with your host, Coach Lori. Tracy Maddox, not only does she have an amazing horse coloring book for adults, she's got some big projects on the horizon. Tracy Maddox, welcome. Hey, Lori, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, we're going to start with where you are now in your life and why it's so great. So tell us what you're up to and what's going on. Lots of new adventures for me. I found myself in a unique situation four years ago where I had the book before of my life completed. And so it was like, I have a blank book. So what am I going to do with it? I spent some time working on my heart and healing my heart first and that, and then decided to close down my graphic design web development business that I'd had for 25 years and just focus on things I wanted to do, which is why I came up with the horse coloring book because I'm I love horses and I've been around horses my whole life. And I just recently uh, took a class on writing a book, got my first draft done and completed. So I'm in the stage right now where I'm kind of doing some rewrites before I send it off to an editor. And then I will probably self-publish. I see this as a positive thing because back in the day, you could not self-publish. Now we self-publish. And if you do a good job of getting an editor and making yes. it beautiful, self-publishing is perfect. Yeah. In fact, in the class, we had a lot of best-selling authors and they are all now starting to go to self-publishing. Because you then get... you own your content. Exactly. Exactly. So that's really, it's been a challenging, but really fun adventure. I've always known and been told by people, I have the gift of writing. I know you've encouraged me many, many times to write a book, finally started doing it. And it's really been a fun adventure. I've just been enjoying my life right now. So it's a whole new season. I have a blank slate in front of me and I get to write whatever I want to write the story that I want to leave behind. Like I know you're really big on leaving a legacy and that's what I really hope to do with this book. Tracy, it wasn't always like this. You talked about now you have this blank slate and you're doing yes. all these things. Many people find themselves in a situation later in life. And so maybe you could tell us your age and what the situation was that sort of pulled the rug out from under you and what life was like. I'm 65, an official senior citizen. <laughs> Yay. So four years ago, I had been married 28 years, have two kids that are grown. My marriage was not a good marriage. My husband had Asperger's, which made him isolate quite a bit. And it was very hard in communicating because I was often misunderstood. Sometimes people with Asperger's, they develop narcissistic tendencies because they're used to being alone and that's where they 
really thrive and what they prefer. It was a very lonely, loveless marriage. Finally, after 28 years, my ex just one day said that he didn't want to be married anymore. He had, unknown to me, had already hired a lawyer two weeks prior. I could just tell that things were getting worse between us. I finally said to him one day, we needed to either fix our marriage or end it. And he said, well, it ended for me a long time ago. And I go, when did it end for you? And he said, after the honeymoon. That was a hard one to swallow, but I did see a pattern and signs it had probably ended for him back then. We're very amicable friends now. We talk to each other and don't have animosity and anger towards him because I did the heart work and I had to go and really dig deep into those issues in my heart. I started becoming a person I didn't like. It wasn't my character. And it was because I harbored a lot of bitterness and resentment because I didn't know what was going on with our marriage. And there was emotional and verbal abuse. I don't always feel it was intentional. Sometimes it was, (laughs) but I just feel the nature of Asperger's. It is a high functioning form of autism. My ex is very, very high functioning, very successful in his line of work. And that other than just being awkward socially, I think most people wouldn't have known that. But that's what led me to, well, what am I going to do? I decided to shut my business down, pack it up. In two weeks, I packed up my car with my clothes, my computer, and I moved to Redding, California, because there was a large church there that I watched online. And I knew that I could get a lot of healing and a lot of classes to help me work through those heart issues. It was one of the best things I ever did. This church was pretty large. So they had like these great classes you could take, like a writing apprenticeship. I took that and that's where I was like, oh, I actually can write an art apprenticeship as well and a music apprenticeship. So I really got to get reconnected with those things that I loved back in my younger days. It was really a good thing for me, as well as dealing with the counseling part of it as well, recognizing triggers and things that would cause me to act ways that I didn't like. I have to say here, you say you did the heart work, but and you did the hard work. Number one, yeah. you stayed yeah. when we didn't know what Asperger's was. Yeah. And once you discovered it, you started a Facebook group. Like throughout all of this, you were looking, you were trying to learn and to grow. Once it ended, I love that that's when you said, okay, now I'm going to work on my heart. I'm going to get through this because I don't want to come out bitter. Yeah. What were some of the challenges in moving forward? When I first left, he had made an agreement to just pay me my half of the retirement because he had already retired. I had that because I was still making half the mortgage payment here, plus paying really high rents in California. My daughter was down in Chico, so that's why I went to Reading because I knew I'd be closer to her and then I could focus on getting some healing and restoration. About, I think it was three and a half months into that, my ex started having a former firefighter talk to him about who'd been divorced like five times and started feeding him with fear. And one of the things that he had told him was he didn't have to pay me that retirement money. He stopped doing that. Of course, I freaked out. I mean, I'm paying half the mortgage here, which was almost $800 a month, and then having to pay $2,000 a month rent down there. And my business, even though my clients are online and I could still work with them, it still was really hard, kind of took a hit. 
this is where my faith kind of came into play. Because one of the things throughout my marriage was I did turn to God and just really cleave to him and pray to him to heal my marriage and restore it. And finally, towards the end, it got the prayer got to be either heal my marriage or end it. When it ended, it was like peace because I knew that God had set me free. When I was down there and this happened and suddenly I was like really going to be hurting financially. How was I going to make it? But I had seen God so many times come through for me in impossible situations and take care of me. I started taking other odd jobs and I took this one for this company and was just helping them get some stuff set up on their QuickBooks and Excel spreadsheets. One of the gifts God gave me as a way to see processes and how things should can function smoother. I got them all set up with this. They go, geez, we'd really like you to keep, continue working for us. Would you consider doing it more full time? And I'm like, well, sure. And they go, okay. At first I was going to be a 1099, just a contractor. And then they came to me about a week later and they said, well, we don't want you to be a 1099. And I go, oh, okay. I just thought the job fell through. And they said, no, we want to hire you as an employee. God is so good. I was getting like 2200 a month from the retirement. Lo and behold, this job paid 4000 a month. God gave back to me what the enemy had stolen from me. So that job lasted up right until before COVID started. In fact, I got laid off on Valentine's Day the year COVID hit in 2020. But then I had unemployment that helped me out. Some of the things that I learned along the way too was it's really important to try and have multiple streams of income where you just don't have all your eggs in one basket. And when that basket drops and all those eggs break, you've got other things to fall back on. So I started looking into other things that I could do to earn extra income. When I moved back here to Idaho, which is where I'm from, we had finally sold our property. I looked for a house that would lend itself to having a an apartment in it, like a mother-in-law suite. I found this house that had a full basement and we put a bathroom in down there. And so I have a one bedroom apartment that I rent now to travel nurses. And I chose travel nurses. First gal I had was here nine months with me. She just kept renewing her contracts. They are already vetted with the hospitals. So you know that they've got a job, they're gamefully employed. They're here to work, they're here to party, and the turnaround a lot easier than doing Airbnb. And that's been paying my mortgage for me, which has been a real blessing. I decided to go ahead and completely shut down my business. And then I created my coloring book, started doing it and marketing it, and people love it. Kind of a surprise to me. It was more fun for me to do it because it's like, I love beautiful horses and I love drawing. So I got to incorporate things that I loved. That's one of the keys to try and find things that you really enjoy doing to where it doesn't feel so much like a job, but it's like, oh gosh, I get to do this and it's a lot of fun and it helps financially. Your coloring book is beautiful. When we're going through it, we feel like we're the only one. Yep. We feel like there is no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. and that I'm never going to make it. Did you run up against any of that? Frequently, and I still do run into that. I have those moments of panic where I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Here I am, like, for instance, my tenant moved out and I didn't have anyone lined up. I have some savings, but it's not going to last very long if I'm having to use it all the time. I'm in the launch phases of my coloring book and then 
course in my book, it's still not ready yet. It's got a ways to go. How am I going to make it? How am I going to get through this? And what I have to do is just kind of calm myself down. Usually I put on some calming music, whatever soothes my soul and just pray. And I just start reminding myself of what I've been through, what God has gotten me through, how he's provided for me. I remind myself of scriptures that tell me even before I ask, he has begun to answer my prayer. That's how good God is to me. He knows me so well, and he knows what my needs are. And I just have to go back and really remind myself of that, especially coming out of a my history in life has been one of abandonment. My parents divorced when I was five, and it was pretty bitter. So that seed of abandonment really, really hit hard and drove itself deep in my soul. Feeling unlovable, there was some reason that I'm not lovable. And then having that confirmed, so to say, with my marriage falling apart and my husband leaving. And you develop these thoughts in your head. You know, I start thinking anyway about them. They really get my mind in a mess. And we believe them. Yes, that's the big thing. We believe them. I have to then really consciously make an effort to renew my mind. My favorite scripture is Psalm 139, because it reminds me of how intimately God knows me. He knows every hair on my head. He knows every thought I have, every word that is spoken before it's even spoken. He knows my lying down and rising up, and he hems me in behind him before. It's like being in a snuggled in a sleeping bag in the, the cold mountain air. You're just snuggled in there nice and warm and safe. He's just proven to me time and time again, he's there for me and he's with me, even though I can't see him or feel him. I remind myself of how much he loves me. The truth of what he says, I am lovable. I am acceptable. I'm not an orphan. I'm his beautiful daughter. I have to really work on that mind war, flick that little devil off my shoulder and listen, tune my ear to listen to what God says about me and believe it. That's the key. When you talk about renewing your mind, telling yourself these thoughts, because is that once a month, once a year, once a day, what's that look like for you? Moment by moment, (laughs) breath by breath, sometimes it, it just depends on life situation and what is going on. I've gotten so much better to where I feel comfortable in my skin, where I don't replay those tapes in my head that people have spoken into my life, the negatives that I chose to believe. I have got new tapes in my head to remind myself of who I am. I know that I'm going to disappoint people. People are people. There's just going to be things that you do sometimes that just disappoint people. But I just try and do the best that I can do. If I do something wrong, make it right. Go to that person and ask for forgiveness and try and move forward. Don't dwell on those negative things, but dwell on the positives. It sounds like it's a bit of a journey. You start saying those things, takes a while, but then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I have a new tape. So it's a process. Yeah, it is a process. I repeat it over and over again. I have felt many times like, 
Am I ever going to get this through my thick skull? Do you know there's a statistic of how many times you have to say that new thought before it grabs on? I think I've heard that before, but I don't remember what it is. 230 or 260. Often we want to say it once and be done. Yeah, that is such a good point. It's work. It takes work. I always used to joke around and say, I'm a little teapot, short and stout. When I get all steamed up, hear me shout. And it used to be really embarrassing for me to, to do that. My mom was that way where she would just boom explode. It has taken a long time, but I'm finally, I feel at the point where it really takes a lot to get my, my teapot boiling. I've made a lot of progress. I found when I was struggling so much, not knowing what I was dealing with in my marriage and in my life. So it wasn't just my marriage that caused problems. The baggage I carried with me from childhood that played into my marriage. I mean, I'm not the saint. Let me try and straighten my halo here. I'm not the saint. I brought stuff to the table and I did things that I'm sure was hard for him as well. Dealing with the past hurts. And this is one thing I learned. I was terrified to face those pains. To go back to that five-year-old little girl who felt abandoned and to deal with that pain, that terrified me. I was scared to death to do that finally have been doing that this past few months, writing a book. It's good therapy <laughs> because it makes you face. I have to come face to face with some of those, those things that have plagued you your whole life, face them. And I was very fearful that the pain would just kill me. I didn't think I could handle it and survive it. And as I'm starting to go through that, I'm realizing, wow, this isn't nearly as painful as I thought it would be. It's amazing now, just within the last three months, I've felt a huge step forward in being released from that spirit of abandonment, unlovable and unworthy. I'm feeling in a much better mindset. What we have found on the other podcast that you have so generously been on, No Longer Ashamed, mm -hmm. when people mm -hmm. get in touch with their story, as scary as it is, and I'm so glad that you brought that up, Tracy, as yeah. scary and terrifying as it is, there is freedom on the other side of fear. Yes. That's when you go from being a victim to a survivor, mm -hmm. which is victorious. I agree. And I just want to encourage anyone who might be struggling with the same things. Don't be afraid. Find that courage to face those things. It's not as bad as we anticipate. It's been one of the best things I've ever done. I really do feel now a real sense of freedom. I'm excited to face what comes next after writing a book. Have you heard, if not now, when? If not you, then who? Are you being prompted to write a book, to create a podcast? Check out Leaving a Legacy at www.coachlaurie, that's coach, L-A-U-R-I-E, dot com. And let's get started on your second act now. I'm excited to face what comes next after writing a book. That was one thing nobody ever told me when you write a book. Oh, guess what? You're starting a business because you have to be able to get your book out in front of people who are going to want to read it. It will be a nice extra stream of income for me. But more than that, I hope that my story will help someone else who's going through a similar struggle. They might be able to learn 
from the things that I've learned, that those things might be keys to helping them take another step further in their healing process to be able to get to the point where they can find freedom, be able to go move forward and reinvent themselves and become the person that they really want to be. Yes, your story will help. When I teach my classes, people say, well, who would want to read it? And I always say, that's not your job. Your job is to tell the story. And there is somebody that is praying for an answer. And your story is going to be the answer. Just like when you didn't know about Asperger's and then suddenly you started to find Mm -hmm. out that was the answer to your prayer because suddenly things make sense. I feel like that was one of the biggest things for me. Whenever I'd go, what the heck is going on? I don't understand this. And I would try and learn and try and understand. Good old YouTube, let me tell you, (laughs) there's a lot of videos or find yourself a good coach or counselor. I know this coach, Lori, he's awesome. Find ways to learn more about what you're struggling with. That was one of the key things that really helped me because once I understood what I was dealing with, then I was able to see things differently in my mind. I was able to give more grace and mercy, and I was able to make changes that needed to be made. And sometimes it was my sacrificing things for the sake of making the marriage work as long as it did. One of my favorite quotes is her name is Alex L. She's very young and wise for her age. She said, self-healing is an act of community service. One thing that I've always admired about you, Tracy, is that you are a lifelong learner. When we get older and get gray, guess what? If we are still learning, we are less likely to get Alzheimer's and to get dementia when we are constantly engaging our brain. I'm a big fan of Dr. Caroline Leaf. And she says our mind can change our brain. And when we are learning and growing Mm -hmm. constantly, it's not going to happen. It is a good way to ensure a clear future (laughs) to continue to learn. She's helped me a lot too in reading her books. But I remember her talking about the neural pathways that you are able to recreate new neural pathways in your mind. You really can change your mind. I know that it's really important. We are kind of creative beings in a lot of ways. There's different, some people are more logical, some are more creative, but you have abilities that other people don't have. And the more senses that you can involve in the healing process, the more it helps you. Like the coloring book to me was very therapeutic for me just to draw, to re-engage that love that I have for horses that helped in my healing process. And then the bonus was when I take that step of faith and have courage and boldness to get it printed and actually try and sell it. And people going, this is beautiful. This is so lovely. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. One more question. You said, don't be afraid, but the truth is you were afraid and you did it anyway. So can you just say something about that? (laughs) Yeah. I think I've heard a quote somewhere, do it afraid, just do it afraid. You do have to just step out there and take that leap of faith. It's like, well, what's the worst that can happen? I have a bunch of coloring books I can give to people I love and care for. What's the best? I mean, really, all people can say is, no, I don't like it. And that's fine. But to step out there and put it out there and then have people say, oh, I love this. Thank you so much. I needed this. And then that builds your confidence for the next. Yes. Yeah. 
really builds your confidence. And I think we undersell ourselves sometimes. We get into that imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to write a book? Who's going to want to read my book? I have a dear friend who's a hospice nurse, and she says what people tell her, they don't regret what they did. They regret what they didn't do. And we are in our silver stage. We're in act two. What is it you want to do? And how can you make that happen? And you may think, well, I want to be a ballerina. I can't. But you know what? If you step in that direction, there might be something about ballerina. There might be a senior ballerina class. Mm -hmm. Or like you said, I'm not riding horses, but that recreated doing the drawing around the horses. Like we don't know what will happen until we actually take the step in the direction. And then it's like the doors fly open. Exactly. Albert Einstein, failure is what leads to success. He failed many, many times before he was successful. You have to not be afraid to fail. And actually, I think I've learned more through the things I've failed in. Also, as we mature, you kind of understand a little bit more what life is really about. And it's like, I have thought okay, I have maybe 25 to 30 years left of my life now. So what am I going to do? I want to go out with a bang. I want to make a difference. I've learned a lot in life. I have a lot of experiential wisdom, which is gold. It's so important to share those things that we've learned because there's people behind us that are going to go through very similar struggles, have examples of how someone made it through a similar situation. I work with a lot of people in recovery, and I always say, you just need to be a couple steps ahead in order to reach a hand back and pull somebody else up. You don't have to have arrived in your recovery to help someone who's who's in the midst of it. And if we change Mm -hmm. our mindset and think that way, we might not have so much fear, but if we have fear, fear is good. Fear is an indicator. And we can look at that fear and say, is this a fear that's saving my life? Don't jump. Or is it a fear that's going... When you get on the other side of the sphere, you're going to be free. Yes. Another element that's really important to have is a good team of people that are on the journey with you. I played college volleyball. Volleyball is not a sport where it's just one person. I mean, you've got six people on the court and everybody has a job and everybody's good at something that you're not good at. You work together as a team and you have that common goal in mind. I'm very thankful for the the team of people that God put in my life. Lori, you're one of the greatest ones that cheered me on so many times when I was in tears and thought I could not ever see a way out. I never thought I could make it. I know you've poured your heart and soul into me and I've so appreciated you for that. And thank you for that. It's important that you find team members and pay attention to those red flags. Man, (laughs) They fly really high and really, really bright. And I don't know, but how I've missed those so many times. And I didn't see them when they were very clearly visible to others. Listen to what people around you that you trust and you know what they say. Because I remember when I was 25, I got engaged to a guy. It was really interesting because when he came to meet my friends, we had a barbecue. And afterwards, he had gone back to California and my friends started talking to me and saying, Tracy, we just have a hard time seeing you with him. And I'm like, really? One of the prayers that I always prayed was, this wasn't for me. God, please make it fall apart. I didn't pray that though when I was engaged to my husband. 
That's a little key right there, folks. I did what seemed right in my own eyes because at that point I was 36 and I wanted a family. So I made a conscious choice to choose someone that and ignore the red flags because they were there. Tracy, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Now, if someone wants to reach out to you and get that book or when your book comes out, do you have a title, official title? Yes, it's called Holding On to Hope Against All Hope, Overcoming Hopelessness and Regaining Peace and Confidence. So that hopefully will be coming out, I'm thinking maybe the end of July, first part of August. They can go to tracymaddox.com. It's Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, and Maddox, M-A-T-T-O-X.com. So tracymaddox.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. Coach Lori here. I am not anti-aging. I am all about aging gracefully. Did you know we stopped making collagen at a certain age? And did you know powdered collagen has to go through your whole digestive system? So I am a big fan of Glow Liquid Collagen. It helps me age gracefully inside and out. To order, check the link below. By the way, if you order two at the same time, free shipping. Or if you would like to be an affiliate, make a little extra cash. Click the affiliate link. Three things we learned from Tracy. Oh, pay attention to those red flags. Sometimes we have to go back and not only do the hard work, but the heart work. Even if you're afraid, do the thing. Do it afraid. Just don't let that fear stop you. If you love this podcast, here's a big ask. Will you share with your friends and family? Subscribe, give us a review, and a five-star rating so that others looking to reinvent their lives will be able to get the help they're looking for. Thank you in advance.